I believe there's a hero in all of us. You have great powers, only some of which you have yet discovered. I'm a superhero, my A real life superhero. The world needs extraordinary. We'll make you a superhero. Are you ready to become the hero? Initiating surprise in three. This two is one. The real time show. It is May. Happy almost Star Wars Day, which is tomorrow, by the way. And what is with all this snow? It's May. Actually, it's nice today, but, you know, we, we had a lot of snow. The night we went to go see Avengers, it snowed like 8 to 10 inches, and then it melted, and then it snowed again the next day, but it's nice and warm. But guess what today is? Our journey to the future. Oh, yeah. We're going to be sharing technology and all kinds of other fun things that we'd love to see in the future, as well as tech that we wanted to see, you know, maybe when we were younger as kids or whatever, some of it's come to pass and some of it has not yet come to pass. It's going to be fun. And of course, we did see Avengers Endgame, as I just said. So we'll be doing our non-spoilery review on that today. So stay tuned for that. Let's rock it. Hello, Captain Influence. Hello, may the force be with you. I'm Friday. My name is Friday because it's Friday. (laughs) <laughs> Dude, that's it. We should have Friday be our, you know, AI for the show. What do you think? Yeah. Sir? Hello, sir. It's time for you to do the show. I don't know. I don't Your really... life signs are fluctuating, <laughs> sir. You're really good at what you do. You have a sexy voice. <laughs> Wouldn't that be, you know, uh, creepy, actually? Very. <laughs> Yeah, especially on this show. I don't know about that. Yeah. Hello, Captain Influence. I'm the real Brian. Hello. Hello. I'm Hero. So thanks for joining us. Happy Star Wars thanks. Day tomorrow. Thanks for having me. You know, what's funny is Star Wars Day is tomorrow, as is free comic book day around the, oh, the globe yeah. or the nation, at least. I don't know about the globe, but for those of you who have comic book stores in your, I don't know, like sphere of influence, then uh, go get free comics. And remind me, do they do they just have sp- certain comics they give out free, or can you just pick one? No, it is specific comics. T- <laughs> typically, lame. typically though, and this is what I think is lame. I don't, I don't care if it's specific comics because usually they're good. Of course, the later you go, the less you know they have. But they usually have a really wide selection. They usually start off with more kid friendly, and then they move all the way up to you know like super mature, and you can get anything in between. But they've had some <laughs> really good free comics in the past. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. I mean, I get it. It's free. But those comics take it upon themselves to have like half of the length of a typical comic with a lot of advertising. Oh, really? Same size. So they they plan those issues for free comic day? Yep. They're specifically free comic book day issues trying to get you, you know, enticed into something like that. Yeah. You know, once in a while, I think once in a while they'll throw out a comic that's an actual issue. But typically, they actually do say free comic book day on it. I think they kind of plan on that being a promotional. But it's still I fun, see. dude. I mean, you go and you I have know. a and great yeah, and time. How American of me to complain about it. Like, oh, come on. You can't just get any comic. That yeah, sucks. I know. Yeah, right. No. You know, if you love a comic, as I've said, I'm really into the Shazam series right now. And also the Firefly series. Those are the two specifically. I don't know if you knew they did the Alien series. And I think it's still going. I'm not sure. But what, Dark Horse? I think so. It's brand, you know, new yeah. within the last couple of months. And it was the script that was supposed to be alien three. 
Oh, no, I didn't know that. That Now I'm actually interested. No, the first comics I collected back when I was in seventh grade. So this would have been 199, no, 88. You're dating yourself. Something yeah. like that. You're dating yourself. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I, of course I do that. Um, <laughs> but the first comics I bought were the Dark Horse Aliens uh, oh, nice. issues one and two, I think. And I still have them. And they're fantastic. And I collected the entire series and then the series after that and then a couple other series after that all in the Aliens universe. So That's cool. the fact that they're doing a new Aliens comic actually has piqued my interest. Well, so. so apparently it was the script that was written to, you know, succeed Aliens as Alien mm-hmm. 3. It was supposed to take place right after that. It was, I mean, it was really well connected. I haven't even read them all. I haven't read any of them yet for that matter. I have them ready to go. But it was the script that was supposed to be. They trashed it. And of course they did Alien 3, which is today. And yeah. from what I understand, this is significantly better than what Alien 3 was. It was supposed to be that's, a lot more like Aliens. That's interesting because the original comics that Dark Horse did in the late 80s were sequel to Aliens. You know, they had Hicks and Newt. It, it was, it, the story was okay. Yeah. Um, you know, and it led to the Earth War storyline where the aliens finally get to Earth and they kill everybody. But I wonder if they're just re-releasing that series or if it's a completely different story. No, I don't know. It's, I'll look it's into it. not what's been done already. Okay. Yeah, it's different. All right. But yeah, check it out, man. Know. And I don't know how many they've done because I actually lost track of it because I was focused on Shazam and Firefly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which I think are fantastic. So, you know, read those if, you, if you're into comics. You know, I, it's amazing. I'm not a huge comic book reader. Never have been. I enjoy really good ones, but I found that many of them are either just too bizarre for me or I don't know. I just don't get into them because... You know, yeah. it's it's more about the art, less about the story. And I'm like, okay, cool. The art's great. But, you know, I just spent $4 on this thing that I was, you know, I read in like two seconds. So yeah. I kind of, I'm a little more picky on that. I'm more of the the mind of that. Give me a great story. Give me great art. And, you know, I'll get into it. It's going to be a yeah. fun thing. So I yeah. haven't bought a comic book since I was in high school. So uh, Time yeah, to I, rekindle I'm, pretty, that. I'm pretty far behind on that. Yeah. Yeah. I understand though. Well, Free comic book day tomorrow. Star Wars day tomorrow. You're going to dress up as a stormtrooper or the emperor or a Death Star? I'm thinking Death Star. Remember the Death Star? Remember? I'm thinking maybe Death Star crashed. Uh, crashed Death Star. <laughs> On yeah. Endor? Broke down Death Star. That's me. I'll be the broke down Death Star. Yep. <laughs> oh, that'll be so funny. Like you'll have the throne room kind of dangling <laughs> off, you know, like as you walk, it's just dangling there. <laughs> uh-huh. You remember the broken yeah. Death Star? Oh my gosh. That's awesome. Okay. It's going to be a fun. Uh, it's going to be fun. Thank you. Thank you, by the way, for those of you who have jumped in to help out with the real Brian show, for those of you who are on Patreon helping out too, that is huge captain influence. Tell us a little bit about Patreon. You know, you know how that works. So Patreon is a site where you can go to support your favorite stuff. It's a crowdfunding site. You can donate money from a very small amount to a large amount on a monthly basis. The beautiful part about Patreon is that it's a safe place to support your favorite things. They basically protect you is what, I, what it is. You're okay. not going to get scammed through it, which is great. I'm a big believer in it. And, you know, that's one of the ways I support The Brian Show. We encourage you to do the same. Yeah, I appreciate that. You can go to patreon.com slash Show if you'd like to check it out and help us out here so we can continue to grow the show and keep it moving and really appreciate it. I also want to shout out to Kryptonite, a.k.a. Josh Rivers, who is has been and still is editing the show doing a great job 
and like per- a boss. Yeah, yeah, total boss, man. And periodically throwing in a little bit of a you know mashup at the end, which has been fun. And, and I've loved his little bleep out things that he's thrown in the the move. He thrown some Star Wars stuff in there recently, which has been a lot it's of fun. Awesome. So that's <laughs> great. Kryptonite, man, you are you are saving our life. Really, truly, actually, it's a huge help. Yeah. Okay. Huge. So as we said, we saw Avengers Endgame. We are going to be talking about that again, non-spoilery though. And we'll talk about that towards the end of the episode, but we've got to do this journey to the future. I'm so excited about this. We've pushed it off two weeks already. So a quick reminder of what we're talking about, Captain Influence. So basically, we're just going to nerd out about technologies that we either are hoping will happen with humanity or has happened you know, or, you know, stuff that we thought about when we were a kid that, you know, wouldn't it be cool if there were flying cars when I, when I was an adult and then boom, are there? No, of course not, but we'll get into that. Yeah. And we're just going to nerd out about a variety of things. And we've got some stuff from uh, some of the listeners have contributed that we're going to throw in there and it'll just be a fun little, you know, a, a full on nerd out episode. So it's going to be fun. Now, like any of them aren't right. What I want you to do though, is just take a moment and imagine I don't know. Let's say when you were younger and you were thinking about, oh, wouldn't it be cool if we had fill in the blank in the future? Maybe you watched sci-fi or Star Trek or something like that, or even Star Wars, even though Star Wars is a long time ago, technically. Yeah, a long ways away. Yeah, or, you know, you're just seeing any kind of whatever it was. You know, (laughs) you imagined it. You read a book. You saw a video game, anything like that. And you thought, wouldn't it be cool if we had that in our real world? So we're looking at technologies. So imagine that. And it's so funny as I was asking people to, you know, we, we asked, do you want to share something? I was asking people and people were like, I can't come up with anything. And I'm like, but I bet you did when you were younger. And mm. I guarantee that we're going to spark some memories here talking about this. So I wanted to start off and, and you said it already, Captain Influence, that we've got a few people who have shared some stuff. We're going to keep this as short as possible because this is something we could easily go on for hours on. Which is and we may. We, we'll well, see. Yeah, we'll see. You know, hey, uh, how much time do you have? It's story time. All right. So I'm going to start with what I wanted to see in the future first. Going back to when I was a kid and again, you know, being influenced by Star Trek and some of those or even before that, actually. And things that I was like, oh, I wish we could have seen this. And then Captain and I are going to we're going to jump into things we'd still like to see in our future rather than in the present at this point. So going way back to when I was a kid and I would watch reruns of Knight Rider, I Mm. wanted the ability. I was like, Ooh, look at that. Michael Knight. He's got this awesome little like smart type of watch and he can talk to people on his watch. I want to do that. And actually I was like, I'm going to invent that. Well, I'm not an inventor and that never turned out, which is fine. But I was like, I want to be able to talk on my watch, dude. Oh my gosh. And it totally Totally got it, right? Woohoo! Apple, thank you. You've totally... Good job. Good job, Apple. You realized his childhood dream. You know, it's funny. I watched Knight Rider as it was airing. There you <laughs> go. I didn't have there to watch go. reruns. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, I saw a few episodes, I think, when they were live, but, you know, mm-hmm. I was I was young, so we watched a lot more. Little kid. A lot more Little of the baby. reruns. I was like, I was like negative five or something. No, I was, I was alive back then. Uh, another one was personal communication devices. Of course, this was AK or a la Star Trek, you know, just the idea of either the flip open kind of thing or, you know, the actual thing on your pen. But guess what? 
Another one. We have personal communication devices. Oh, such a great job going back to, well, I hate to say this, but I'm going to go with Apple, Android, all those guys. Good job, guys. Amazing. Another one for smartphones. Oh yeah. Another one was the everyone's uh, favorite addiction. Oh my gosh. It's, it's gotten out of control. (laughs) It's pretty cool, but yeah. Now pads from Star Trek. Once again, those were the personal access display devices. A, you know, AKA, AKA the P A D D S pads, mm-hmm. same kind of thing. It is pretty much, although here's, what's funny. This was star Trek, the next generation, and they would have individual pads for multiple things. Every book would be on one pad, which was kind of funny. Although I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And so guess it was what? like we, a, like a literature pad. Well, or it had, you know, reports and it was always something, but people had multiple pads and they would put a report on one. They'd have a book on another one. Ironically, it was all individual, but it was really cool. Well, guess what? We've got iPad today, as well as our phones and everything else that has everything on one device, which is even better than Star Trek imagined. Another win. Booyah. Yay. Oh, my gosh. Amazing. Now, unfortunately, we get into the stuff that I really wish we could have seen. (sighs) Flying cars. No, not realistic. No, well, it's possible. (laughs) Apparently, they have the technology for flying cars, but they do not have the traffic management situation right now. Yeah, that would be a, uh, pragmatically speaking, that would be a complete nightmare, to be honest. It really would be. We all wish there had been flying cars and that they were realistic and logistically doable. And they're just not. Because why, folks, why? Because people would be driving them. If you had them all automated, sure, that'd yeah, be great. If they were all automated, 100% automated, you could do flying cars someday. That's, if people are driving them, no, no, it won't yeah. happen. It can't happen. It shouldn't happen. And so. that's why, you know, at 16, you can get your driver's license. You don't even have to take driver's ed anymore. And booyah, but that's why pilots, they go through grueling hours of all kinds of study and checkoffs and tests. And, yeah. you know, most don't make it and only a few do. Right. So, yeah, that's the difference. Now, starships, man, you know. Back again, going back to Star Trek, in 1996 was when the, quote, genetic superhumans were to come to rise and they all left in a colony sleeper ship in 1996. Yeah, we, um, no, we didn't get that either. We didn't get any spaceship for that matter. We are totally jacked and they keep screwing NASA over. So we're not even hardly doing any space exploration anymore. You know, innovators like Elon Musk, like sure. uh, Jeff Bezos, individuals who have a ton of mo- more money than they could ever know what to do with. They're doing some good things with that money. And one of those good things, in my opinion, is what SpaceX is doing, um, what Virgin Galactic is doing. What's Bezos' space company? I don't know. Uh, eh, yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> sorry. Right. We, we do our research. <laughs> yeah. We'll just say this. But Bezos' company. Like that, yeah. 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 Those guys... <laughs> <laughs> People like that are the hope for our future sure. in that regard. So governments, they're too out of control. So, yeah. Well, that is a problem is that governments can't get the funding or there's, you know, ulterior motives to that type of travel. So I and, think actually having private companies taking this stuff on is a really good idea at this point. Yes, it's a great idea. And to be fair to governments, believe it or not, to be fair to governments, they do have other priorities exactly. and they should have other exactly. priorities. Yeah. So, yeah. The space race was cool, and because of going into space, we have a lot of the technology today that we would never have had if had we not gone into space, but 
it's not as much of a priority for people anymore. And that's kind of sad. Right. So I'm glad these private companies are doing it. And you're right. They are working on ways that will, they're not going to be starships, but they're going to be spacefaring vehicles that will allow us to go to the moon or, you know, do something like that. Unfortunately, probably not something any of us will be able to afford in our lifetime, but you no, never know. no, you never know. But, and starships is still a potential future. I mean, that's, there's still a it real is. potential for that to happen in, in our species lifetime. Sure. So, and I would say starships would be something I'd still love to see, but probably never will in our lifetime. But yes, in no. sometime possibly. Now, the other thing, and I'm kind of lumping these together. Again, this is just a lot of Star Trek influence for me. Transporters, phasers, you know, etc. Instead of bullets, you know, I think, granted, I think bullets have a place, but I think that, you know, phasers for me, like I loved the idea of being able to stun someone, you know, rather than killing people. And so I always thought that was such a cool thing. And how come we don't have that kind of technology yet? I don't know. Maybe we have a level of that technology. It's hard to say. I think that's not far from the future in that sense. Transporters. Don't me, bro. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Let's put it this way. Transporters, phasers. No, <clears throat> no, no luck. But here's the deal. Transporters. I actually knew someone that worked at Sandia Laboratories down in New Mexico, which is, you know, very high tech kind of stuff that they work on long before the public will ever, ever see it. It's kind of like, you know, when everybody was, you know, back in the, was it the Gulf War, I think? And it was like, oh my gosh, the stealth fighter, the F-117. Well, it was around since the 70s, the but nobody knew about bomb. it until the 90s. You know, it was just, yeah. So she was telling me that they actually had been working on transporter technology, but they were doing it within an enclosed tube. They would transport it from one part of the tube to the other part of the tube. And also it was like, you know, at the either atom or molecular like level. Molecule. Yeah, <laughs> some, something <laughs> really, level, yeah. really small. I don't remember exactly which one they were doing. The but quantum level. Let, let's, it wasn't let's go quite quantum. Here. Yeah, that would have been a good idea, oh, though. Okay. But definitely they were working on it. And they were saying that they were actually working their way up to be able to transport things like apples eventually. Hmm. But, okay. you know, the biggest problem with transporters is how do you transport someone's soul? <laughs> that's I don't know if that's ever going to be possible, but what could come with the type of thing that they're talking about would be like food synthesis. So they could synthesize, you know, food for our consumption that would have all of the nutrients in it, but it would not be living. So or Amazon could transport your latest order from their website. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That would be so cool. Maybe someday. Yeah. Uh, The other thing that I wished we could have seen, and uh, that would be space colonies and also ocean colonies. (laughs) Nope, not there. Uh, I was a huge fan of Sequest back in the day. Also, you know, pretty much any space show. I was just, you know, I was into sci-fi, that kind of thing. But man, the idea of ocean colonies would have been neat. It would have definitely helped with crowding. But I also think it would have been cool because they could have done so much with underwater you know, harvesting. There's so much of, mm-hmm. of nutrients in the ocean too. And anyway, a lot of cool things they could have done. They didn't do it. What's interesting is I've heard recently that a lot of the younger generations have never heard of Jacques Cousteau, which oh, I'm not surprised. Yeah. Again, not. Yeah. And then also Bob Ballard who discovered the Titanic, you know, I, I was fascinated by that stuff when I was younger. I used to look into that stuff. I would, I would discover that you just don't hear about that stuff anymore. It's, Man, I thought it's James Cameron discovered the Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> no, he went down with Bob Ballard who discovered the Titanic and saw the wreck and actually did all the filming. Okay. Yeah. So actually that stuff in Titanic is real footage, which is amazing. Yeah. Two more things I wanted to see holodecks. I really, really wish we had had holodecks by now. 
Nope. Uh, yeah. However, we're close with v- with VR and AR and all those other, you know, realities. Yeah, we're getting there. I, I think that something sucks is in our future. Maybe not near future, but I think it's it's something that I have faith that we'll figure out someday. Yeah. We're close. We yeah. really are. I mean, the video games if, are so realistic. If, if we don't destroy each other before that. Well, yeah. Good point. Well, that kind of brings me to my last one, which is lightsabers. <laughs> yeah. No, no lightsabers. Um, actually, I, I was watching. Was it? I don't know. It was one of those probably Mythbusters or something like that. You know, talking about is a lightsaber even a scientific reality? And they were saying that as of what we know with science and physics and everything. I mean, you know, you put it all together. The cumulative knowledge there's no way to do it as of right now. Interesting. They I would have thought there might be an in theory. I thought I would have thought no. that it was more like the warp drive like, where there's a theory behind it that they just haven't been able to realize yet. The warp drive. Like, yes, that is something that they're thinking. Oh, it could be possible with lightsabers as of right now. There's no way that to contain the actual beam in that size. So, you know, you have a lightsaber. Uh-huh. It's a typical sword size. There's no way to contain that beam in a way that would actually do any damage. Interesting. Otherwise you'd either have just like a light staff, you know, where you're just hitting each other with plastic and lights, which is pretty much what the lightsabers are (laughs) for us to buy. Like like we did when we were little. Yeah, exactly. Or if you have any kind of a beam of energy, they did actually find a way to create a beam of energy, but they couldn't contain it. And so they said, you know, a true laser sword would just basically go on for infinity. So they were showing this picture of the earth and these two people fighting. And it was like these beams of light that shot up from the ground and just went into space infinitely. (laughs) I figured that lightsabers would be something like some kind of closed loop of plasma. Like it would involve plasma. They were actually talking about that, but they couldn't figure out a way to contain the plasma without basically melting everything down or just having it explode essentially. Or killing anybody who was anywhere near it. Yeah. Yeah. But they were saying that they're, it was fascinating. I mean, way, way beyond my knowledge of science, but they pretty much just said as of right now, there's, there's no way those are possible based on the knowledge, not even based on like, we don't have the technology yet. It's more of that. We can't even figure out. We can't even fathom how it could be possible. Okay. Even with future. I'm technology. okay with that. It, it's a weapon and I don't it's probably a good I don't, idea. I don't see the need. So, yeah, but those are the kind of things that, you know, when I was younger, I wanted to see those things. I thought it'd be a lot of fun. Some of them have come to pass and some haven't, but let's talk about now what we want to see in the future still. And yeah. you got to go first. Okay. All right. Well, the first one I thought of was immortal brain patterns. This was something I've, I've thought of for a long time. Something like if you've ever read the Babaverse books by Dennis Taylor, where an engineer dies in our time, he had just signed a contract to have his head frozen cryogenically, uh, and he happens to die like two days later. And then he suddenly wakes up like 100 years later and things happen and he becomes a von Neumann probe it's called. And basically oh, yeah. they put, they put his brain matrix, uh, his head's gone, but, but they put his personality matrix in a interstellar probe armed oh. with printers basically. And they send him off to explore the galaxy basically. Yeah. And uh, so he, he makes more of himself and, you know, then all the different bobs, you know, go their separate ways and they have their own adventures. And it's a really good trilogy. Yeah. Um, so have to have human brain patterns, of course, this whole thing, you know, gets into quite a bit of an argument with, you know, whether it's still a soul or whether souls exist sure. or, you know, what makes a person, what makes you, you, and I'm, I'm of one opinion, 
other people are of other opinions. And I would do anything to be downloaded into hardware and to basically live for eternity in my own VR, You'd a be- VR of my choosing. Yeah. You know, because because all the uh, in the Bobaverse, all the different Bobs, they have their own little VRs that they that they exist within. Interesting. Uh, the author doesn't go as far as I would go in in his whole concept. Basically, when a given Bob, when a given probe is going from one star to another, they he, they never really talk about what they're doing between the stars. If it were me, I would just be play. I would basically be in like uh, a Skyrim virtual reality, or you know, living as a as an Avenger for as long as I want, and then I'd go yeah. move on to another adventure, you know. And then after who knows how long, oh, I'm I'm at Alpha Centauri now, so now I can explore this star and look around and decide what to do there. And then oh, I guess I'll go to Sirius or whatever, and you know, and then live another whoever knows how long in in virtual reality for that, you know, and then. You know, just just live forever and do whatever you want forever, and yeah. you know, not have such a finite lifetime. That to me is my personal dream technology hmm. is immortal brain patterns. Yeah, I think it'd be fun so, to be able to use that in like like a nano body, so that you know you can transform yourself into a, a spaceship, like you said, and your interstellar travel, and then you arrive on a planet and you can basically transform into whatever the species is. You know, oh yeah, go to and town there's a lot and, of that. There's a lot of that in the Bobaverse books. So, Interesting. Um, yeah, they do some of that. And but I mean, at the very, very least, if I can't be a von Neumann probe, I would at least like to just live in some kind of highly protected hard drive somewhere, <laughs> and even even on Earth, buried you know deep underground where people can't kill you or destroy you or anything. For you know, psychopaths can't get to you, and just be immortal. That would be my dream. Interesting. So, yeah, that's cool. So that's my first one. Oh, and and, and uh, I do have a couple of links. There's a lot of articles, scientific articles about this technology. It's actually really? not that far-fetched at all. Interesting. Of all the stuff we've talked about so far, it's one yeah. of the least far-fetched technologies. And it's actually quite possible in our future. So, Well, I'll put those so, links in the show notes then. Yeah. That way you can go read them. And yeah, I'll read them as well. But yeah, one's from futurism.com, one's from the New York Times. So very cool. Oh, and there's Scientific American has one. There was there were too many for me to post. I just posted two that I sure. stumbled across first. So, I'll tell you yeah. what, I'll put these in the show notes, and if you want to post additional ones in the Slack group or you know something like that, Discord yeah. or whatever, we can do that. Cool, That'd be awesome. Cool. So that's my first one. Yeah. All right. Well, you know what? I'm going to go along with that. That kind of ties in with what you were talking about is the nanotechnology, which actually mm. could be kind of cool. But I was thinking about nanotech in general that you know, of course, doesn't get a mind of its own and tries to take over the world or kill us or whatever. I'm not talking about that, but stuff that can actually work, you know, in tandem with our bodies and our brains and stuff like that. Yeah. I think it would be amazing. You've seen this. And I, I think it was actually Star Trek The Next Generation that really kind of made the whole nanotechnology really famous. They might have, I don't think they invented the idea, but it was uh, Wesley Crusher in one of the earlier seasons that was talking about it quite a bit. First time I'd ever really heard about it. But it's really cool. It's it's neat. I mean, there is nanotech, but to this mm-hmm. level, I think it would be really cool if you could put nanites, you know, into your body. So, you know, I, I've mentioned that I have a damaged sciatic nerve. Well, there's no technology right now to, to repair that. So wouldn't it be cool if they could get nanotechnology to go in, repair the damage and almost like restore your body to be normal, healthy, you know? Yeah. Of course, that could have some interesting repercussions in and of itself, but I think it would be really cool. Not if everyone had access to it, number one. And number two, I mean, there's so much science fiction out there that involves the exact kind of nanotech that you're describing, where it's purely a biological enhancement technology, sure, sure. where you can live for decades or centuries longer than 
now just because you're, the nanotech inside you is con- in your bloodstream is constantly repairing the cells that are decaying or whatever. Yeah. So, and that's another technology that I don't think is that far fetched. Oh, it's already that, happening. They have nanotechnology yeah. they're using in the medical field right now. It's very right, fascinating. Of, yeah. Yep. So the extent that we're dreaming of right now, yeah. I think that that's, that's doable. So even going to like Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame, well, I even Spider-Man too, you know, when all of a sudden Tony Stark's Iron Man suits of armor is now nanotechnology versus oh, yeah. just iron, you know, and, and his other alloys that he was using. Yeah, he basically he can grow it around himself. Oh my now, gosh, yeah. see that, that right there was like, I dreamt of stuff like that, you know, prior of course, before, you know, this came out, before Avengers came out. But I thought, wouldn't that be amazing to be yeah. able to have like your own, you know, TRBS suit of armor, nano armor, give myself extra speed <laughs> and strength, you know? Yeah, I've got the big TRBS logo, you know, on my chest and become a superhero. Dude, that'd be so sweet. We'd be there, man. Totally sweet, dude. Yeah, you, you could have yours. You'd be like, I am Captain Influence. You could talk like, ah. talk like Sean Connery, you know, with your voice enhancer. Look at my nanotech enhanced body. <laughs> I bet you're looking at it's that. It's amazing. Yes. Okay. Well, speaking of all kinds of fun tech and everything else, I'm going to play one here from Lord Thunder. He's got one he wants to share. I would like to see ambient computing become more of a thing. And I think we're actually pretty close to it right now. Let me explain. So uh, if you have an Apple watch, right? You put it on your wrist, you authenticate it with your passcode. Once it's authenticated, it is tracking your pulse. So it knows it's you, right? And as long as it's touching your skin, it knows you are you and you're authenticated, right? So if you have your iPhone, your iPad, your Mac, maybe even your car down the line, right? It knows you're already authenticated because your Apple Watch is telling all the devices. So you pick up your phone, it's unlocked. You get to your car, it unlocks. You want to open your door, it unlocks. Whenever you're in a proximity because you already have a device that's on you that's authenticated, you can think of that as a small way of thinking about how bigger, how much bigger the solution could be. So ambient computing, I think, is going to be the thing that I'm really looking forward to. And uh, I hope it comes um, soon because uh, we're really close to it right now. I can could, I could feel it. You can feel it. Nice. He would know. Yeah, that's true. But I feel like that's something that will happen in our lifetimes, like within the next 20 years at, le- at, at, oh, at yeah. the latest. Probably 10 years. So I mean, I, I'm not even sure why they're not doing it yet. My concern with something like that, let's just take the typical thing you see in the movies, is that if I'm wearing my smartwatch and I'm unlocking everything, well, it's easy to get mugged and have them basically take whatever they want. Of course, I'm sure right, there's but, some kind but of then a it wouldn't be safe. authenticated to them. They, they would. They, no, they would use like, me. They would. They would oh. mug me and like use my hand and use my like they would knock me out and you know drag my body over so the body presence would allow them to get into whatever they wanted. So Got that it. was the only thing I thought about is that. What's the security with it? What's the, yeah, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Yeah. Cause I mean, okay. Yeah. It's authenticated to you. All I have to do is either chop your arm off or, you know, knock you out and drag your body over. And, you know, I mean, come on, that's sick, but I'm telling you, I mean, that's, that's what you do. You've seen it in movies. They'd figure it out. Someone would figure out a way to make it difficult, if not impossible for somebody to, to use your body parts or whatever. So be amazing is if they made it so that the tech was, you know, on you, so it authenticated, but it also scanned to know that your brain patterns, like you were conscious so that you were aware, you mm-hmm. know, versus somebody knocking you out. Oh, not going to work now. Right. Um, right. But also to even go as to far as to say that, are you doing this under duress or not? 
Right. Wouldn't that be cool? Because then if they, you know, like, oh, it scanned you up. You're doing it under duress. Somebody's mugging you. Not going to open. Not going to work. Right. And you can't override it. It's just like, that's the way. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. That one thing right there could, it'd be a show by itself just to talk about the implications. So yeah, yeah. totally. All right. Let's have another one from you. All right. So my second one and my number two, number three, and number four, they're an expression of my pragmatism. Okay. You just want to say all three of them then? They're not a, no, no, not, not, not necessarily there, but, but I, I'm giving this caveat because this, this is in no way a political statement, not even sort of, and nor should it ever be made politic. It shouldn't be a politicized thing. My number two is 100% driverless, 100% electric cars all over the planet Mm -hmm. because duh. Yeah. Why not? I can't think of a good intelligent argument against it. No, there's not. And the only reason there isn't is because the people that make a lot of money in the oil and gas industries and then also employ tons of people are preventing the progress of that. They say they don't, but come on, it's business. It's money. Of course they do. And that's not a political statement. That's just a duh statement. Right. Which reminds me, which I'm kind of, I'm kind of jumping ahead here, which reminds me of my favorite quote in the movie that we saw last week. Yeah. Avengers Endgame. Thanos says, and this is not a spoiler, Thanos says, (laughs) I thought that by eliminating half of life, the other half would thrive, but you have shown me that's impossible. (laughs) As long as there are those who remember what was, there will always be those who are unable to accept what can be. Yeah. They will resist. That's true. I almost peed myself when he said that (laughs) and nobody else in the whole packed theater said a thing or made a noise when he said that. Yeah. And it was such a incredibly prescient quote. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. And and it's like, wow, that's our species. (laughs) Oh, oh, for sure. Yeah. And it's like, I don't agree with his methods and his delivery and anything that he ever did in the movies, but that's a true statement. But as long as there are those that remember what was, there will always be those that are unable to accept what can be. Yes. They will resist. And to be fair, there was something, and I'm not, again, I'm not going to go into spoilers, but there was something that black widow said, that I really appreciated is that, or no, was it her? Or was it, it might've been somebody else, but the whole idea is that, but this isn't the right way or something like that. Like we're going to do this and we're going to move forward and we're still going to, we're going to do the best we can with what we have or something. I mean, I'm totally, mm-hmm. totally not even sure if that was a real quote, but they essentially had said that like, you can't do this in order to achieve this. You need to allow us to try to figure this out. So, you know, they're both right. You know, Thanos was right in that quote and they're also both right in saying, well, it's going back to like, should we have a hundred percent electric cars? Yes. Yes. Could we? Absolutely. hundred <laughs> percent. Like we're there. We don't even need gas vehicles anymore, but it's not going to happen because of greed and money and business. And, and, and to be fair, employing millions of people, because if you take away the oil and gas industry, there's a millions of people that will lose their jobs. That's which, true. That's that true. is a big concern. That's um, happening with the coal industry right now. It's a big problem yeah. with the coal industry. So, so yeah. to just take it away would not solve the problem. It's yes, the right thing. It has thing. to be phased out. You have yeah. to phase it out. So yeah. that's kind of the whole thing. It's like goes back to even what, you know, when Thanos snapped at the end of Infinity War to get rid of half the population, it's just not going to solve it. No, so it's to, it, it really isn't. That's yeah. true. Uh, because the, the half that remains is just going to start, the start reproducing themselves and, and yeah. just the problem's going to, it's just a delaying the problem. So exactly. yeah, you're right. So it goes back to, we just have to figure out, we have to take what we have and do the best with it that we can. 
in so many ways. But I, I agree with you 100% that, yeah, that's a great idea. And I know they're working that way towards electric and driverless and it's happening. So that's exciting. And I guess a supplementary of that one would be um, maglev public transportation everywhere. Because again, why not? Why not? It's money. But, you know, the use of maglev for personal transport as well, you know, because there's all sorts of fun possibilities for accident control and prevention. Yeah. I mean, this is better than electric because, elect, you know, electric cars, you have to produce a bunch of batteries. Mm-hmm. And as battery technology continues to get better and more efficient, that becomes less of a problem. Batteries are essentially toxic. And so there is that issue with electric cars. But if everything's maglev, maybe somebody who knows more about this can can say, well, here's the environmental problems with maglev technology. But I'd be interested to hear if they were worse than electric in the sense that, you know, you have, it's just a bunch of infrastructure. Mm-hmm. It's trillions of dollars worth of infrastructure you got to put up. But, you know, if you can still have your own, you can drive your own car in a maglev system and if you lose control of your car, you can have pylons that, you know, on the sides of the roads or whatever that activate and you know, work to slow your car down or do, you know, make, make sure your car doesn't hit another vehicle. And there's all sorts of applications for magnetic technology with transportation, both yeah. public transport and personal transport. So that's another one that I think we should really be focusing on as a society. Oh, I think it's a great idea. I mean, they've got they've got them in Japan and some of the other. I think France they're working. Yeah, they've got yeah, some they've got trains. Some, no, they've got maglev in in Japan for sure. Right, right, trains. Yeah. Uh, oh, public yeah, transport. yeah. You're talking yeah. about actual. Yeah, okay. Personal. And then the Japanese are extraordinarily innovative in that regard. They've sure. been doing it for decades. Yeah. They've been using maglev for decades, and it's working. So yeah. I would love to research the statistics behind that you know, what's the cost savings of a citywide maglev system? I don't sure. know that they have it. I don't think they have them citywide in, in Japan, but they do have them between cities. Yeah. Uh, and they're really fast and they're yeah, really, really think, fast. So, well, they were talking about doing them, you know, cross country here in the U S and actually at one point, I don't know whatever happened with this, but I remember them talking about putting a maglev train underneath the Atlantic ocean to go from UK to, to us and back. Mm. Uh, that's now that's significant because you're dealing with, well, I mean, we were just talking about the Titanic, mm-hmm. 10,000 feet of ocean depth and right. sometimes more. How would you do that? But it's, I mean, they were talking about it. So, uh, but that was years it ago is, and obviously they haven't done it yet. So they've probably run into a lot of problems because with that. it would cost an astronomical amount of money to do. I'm with you. <laughs> Seriously. Well, I'm going to go with the ocean as well here. <laughs> Ocean, I want to see more ocean exploration. You know, that was a big thing, like I said, in the 80s and the 90s. We've seen a lot less of it lately. I don't know why. I think it's because we're focusing on things like phones and, just, you know, personal devices like that that generate a lot more mm-hmm. money and addiction. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's be honest. We're addicted to it, so it makes money and it fuels our economy right now. But I still would love to see more Hello. ocean exploration. It'd be incredible. And and I've said this before, by the way, on the show, probably last year, but I would love to see someone do a cruise ship submarine. So it's a submarine that is a cruise ship. So you start off, you know, you get on, it's a luxury liner, luxury cruise ship. You're going all over the place. You know, you spend a lot of time on the surface, but you also can go underneath. It's completely safe. It's got, you know, windows essentially that don't cave in pressure so that you can go out. You can bubble windows. Yeah. Something that's of course really safe, but you can go and you can have giant viewing and you can see all the underwater life. Of course, if there's a storm, which frequently there is, you know, especially if you're in the Caribbean, people get seasick, you can go underneath the water currents and you can, and if your passengers totally safe and also, you know, 
in, in a very healthy manner where they're, they're they're relaxed and having a good time and they're feeling good. That's a great idea. And but they couldn't do it in the Pacific because people would see too much plastic. <laughs> That's not even a joke. No, I know That's it's not. I know it's not. I know. In <laughs> fact, I, I just heard a it was a shark tank where they came in and they talked about straws and how straws are like, I think, one of the number one plastics polluting the ocean right now. And they were talking, I don't remember what the number was, but it was a gigantic number of straws that was filling up the ocean on a daily basis. I mean, it was sick and and they were showing pictures of straws that was embedded in like, you know, sea life. And it it was sad. Uh, It was really sad to me. You know, I got to buy one of those stainless steel straws, get it on Amazon. They've got little carrying cases, easy to wash. They're dishwasher safe. Take it with you to a restaurant. You know, do they have, they have stainless steel flexi straws. Bendy I don't know. Straws? I don't know. I haven't looked into them yet, but oh, that'd be cool. I want to find one because you know the paper straws. I know they're coming back. They don't work. They dissolve. So yeah. I'm looking into that stainless steel, and also a stainless steel that doesn't taste like stainless steel. Because well, you know those, those perfect, metal water bottles, and they just taste like metal. Right. And it's nasty. Yep, yep. Yeah. To be perfectly fair, though, at least in the United States, I don't think that many of our straws are getting into the ocean. I think. Most of our straws are going underground, which is its own problem. Mm, yeah, but We're getting recycled. Not, well, no, near, recycled. not near as big a problem as the ocean. So countries that are dumping their garbage in the ocean, they're the villains here. I know they're the major villains here, and it's not the people from those countries. It's the people in charge of where yeah. they put their garbage. They're yeah. the villains, and they're not the but, ones who are going to try to be sustainable because they don't care. Right, and no one's stopping them. That's the funniest part. Yeah, well. but. My conscience isn't quite as, I mean, I don't feel as bad when I make a smoothie at home and I use a, a plastic straw because at least my straw, and this is funny, at least my straw is going in a landfill and not in the ocean. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's not that great, but it's, yeah. but come on, night and day compared to dumping your, your trash into the ocean, people. Sure. Come on. But let's go metal so, straw. Let's go metal straw. <laughs> Bentastic <laughs> has one here. Speaking of like, we're talking about sustainability and little things like that. He's got one like that. Bentastic here with my desires for the future. I'm a big nerd about everything about homes and particularly making them more sustainable and better for those that live in them. So my vision for the future is to have homes that are actually built properly. So they function properly. I envision homes with no cold rooms in the wintertime and no rooms that are unbearably hot in the summertime. I envision Homes, all homes being built with heating and cooling and ventilation systems that are done properly. They're designed properly for each specific home and installed properly and balanced properly so that people can experience a comfort beyond what most of us can currently experience in our homes. Many people may not know that it is totally possible to have a home without any hot spots or cold spots, to be able to have fresh, clean air you're breathing inside your home all the time without any uncomfortable drafts. And another pleasant side effect to having a proper heating, cooling, and ventilation system is your home's a lot healthier too. You have fresh, clean air all the time. Health, comfort, that's what I want in our homes of the future. And surprise, the technology's already there. It's just getting the contractors on board to do it. Mm. So that's my vision of what I want to see happen in the future. And I'm really blessed to be able to have a job where I get to have a small influence in advancing homes 
so they can become better. I get to help do research and development around new building products and materials. So not directly in the heating and cooling and ventilation area, which I would like to be more involved in, but I still get to have an influence and I'm really grateful for that. So until next time, this is Bentastic signing off. That is really cool. Very exciting. Yeah. That tickles that. my pragmatism funny bone because, or my, my pragmatism <laughs> tickles bone. Tickles your fancy? <laughs> You're fancy there, Tony. You're fancy. Because, <laughs> because I work in an architectural signage contractor company. And that being said, we're very aware of what's called LEED, which is the U.S. Green Building Council's yep. Leadership in Energy and Environmental Design. And I took a course on it like 10 years ago to become LEED certified. And I never actually became LEED certified because it's a long story. (laughs) But but I did take the course to do it. And so I learned a lot about it. And to Bentastic's point, a lot of construction and architects out there, they're really, they've been pushing LEED for a long time now. It's huge. In fact, every contractor I work with, every GC I work with on a regular basis, every one of them is LEED certified. It's It's like a requirement now for contractors. So based on what he said, the contractors are sold on that sort of thing. I think it's the reason it's not more prevalent, especially in residential design. And he might be able to speak more intelligently on this than I can, but I think that I'm I'm guessing the reason it's not as prevalent in residential design as it is in commercial design, which it is, is because the money's not there for it. Or Mm -hmm. maybe building houses to be LEED certified isn't as profitable for the builders somehow. Even though yeah. every lead course you take, one of the first things they tell you and they prove to you is that if you follow the lead basis for building anything, if you do it correctly, it can be cheaper than doing it the quote unquote cheap and down and dirty way. Yeah. So I don't know. It's, it's almost like it's a, it's a cultural thing or something. I don't know. But he's right. The technology is in place. Yeah. It's already there. When we were in, uh, we, we took a vacation to New Mexico uh, in March, New Mexico in March, we went and saw what are called earthships. There are several communities around the world of earthships. And what an earthship is, it's a 100% sustainable living space, a house that is built from 100% recycled like, like materials like tires that were in the landfill and dirt, you know, packed into the tires. And that's, those are your walls. And then your water is obtained from, from the rainwater and you, and you, and you store it in, in an underground cistern and cooling comes from passing air through that cistern or you know, over that cistern of water. And there's this whole system. They've all, they worked out all the bugs and everything, but for an earth ship, it is really expensive to institute it. But once you've built the thing, it pays for itself pretty quickly in energy costs. So and that's an extreme example of that technology. They still have the ability to build a normal house like you and I would live in or an apartment building or whatever that is lead platinum or lead gold, you know, a really high level of that certification. It's just, there's something that's stopping them from doing it regularly. You know, my uncle, well, actually it's Sarah's uncle is a contractor builder, that kind of thing too. And it'd be interesting to get his, commentary on yeah. it, you know, because I know he's talked about a lot of builders just cut corners constantly and it's always mm-hmm. a cost issue. It's always you hire cheap labor, you hire cheaper materials, you cut corners, you do stupid things down in the basement that, you know, really prevent you from, I mean, it, it gets by, let's put it that way. It gets by, it gets approved, but it's not good because it saves them money. They can sell right. the house for a lot and they, you know, it's a shoddy job that they've done with the house. So it's a very common thing. And it's so funny because, you know, the, the houses that he has built are incredible. I mean, it's, they're solid. 
you know, not something you're going to have a problem with. My dad's the same way. He's not a builder, but he loves to do, you know, home improvement and, you know, handyman kind of stuff, essentially. And he does a really very detailed job finding the right materials, not cutting corners. But you're right. I mean, a lot of people, it's all about. I hate to say this, man, we could have an entire conversation, but I don't want it to be negative, but we could have an entire conversation (laughs) on the curse of the bottom line and how it is really affecting so many people right now in, in so many negative ways. Many of us don't even know it, but I mean, it's becoming a very, it's been a problem forever, right? But it's becoming a very big problem right now. And a lot of people who are, you know, revered leaders and whatever they are, you know, owners of their businesses talking about how awesome, you know, they're preaching the good talk and they're, living the exact opposite because the bottom yeah. line is winning out even though they're, you know what I'm saying? And so right, that's, right. I think that's really what it comes down to is that we have the technology, but yeah, it's too expensive. Is it profitable? Because again, how many people are truly altruistic when it comes to this kind of stuff? Oh, when money's involved, very few. Um, it's easy to be altruistic when you're not one of the 1%. Once you become one of the 1%, something changes in the human brain. And, uh, you know, there's, there's, oh, there, there are many exceptions to this rule, but something changes and it does corrupt you somehow. It's, yeah. it's fascinating. So, yeah. But the goal, as we've always said here on the show, is we should, could, and, um, you know, I encourage and empower each of you to be altruistic to the best of your ability because, yeah. Yeah, we all got to pay our bills. Of course, you know, like responsibility is a very real, real, real thing. You know, money has to work or else, you know, you can't pay your bills. You can't be responsible. You can't put food on your table for your family. So, I mean, it's a very real thing, but there comes a point where, and again, I've, I've had some recent experiences with this where, you know, people have put the bottom line way above their altruism and even above their humanity. And it's been very disappointing for me to see that in people who I used to look up to because they preached that. So I want to make sure that, you know, we are looking at these technologies and, you know, Bentastic, you've got an opportunity to empower others to utilize that technology and find, I mean, I don't know if you can find a way, but somehow being a part of this kind of cool movement, in my opinion, to find a way to make it profitable and, you know, let's call it, make it realistic. So realistic includes being profitable for the companies to do it or else, you know, they just simply Absolutely. can't, right? I get that. Why well, have the company? Yeah. Yeah. So to be altruistic and profitable and realistic at the same time, like why can't we have all of that? Why does it have to be one or the other? Why does that have to be altruistic and poor or, you know, bottom line and greedy and, you know, you're rich, but you're, you're a jerk. <laughs> Why Common we, sense yeah, versus we, the slippery slope. We got to have both altruistic the and age profitable. Old, the age old uh, issue. Yeah. Again, nothing's new, right? It's, but you know, we can encourage that. So I love that though, Ben. Thanks for sharing that one. I like that a lot. Yeah. All right. Captain. My next one is similar to the last two, 100% sustainable, natural energy, wind, hydro, solar, geothermal, etc. All over the planet, no exceptions because Duh. That would be awesome. There are so many arguments against it for, there are so many weird arguments against developing these technologies as quickly, as quickly as we possibly can and implementing them everywhere. Yeah. And some of the arguments are pragmatic. Some of them are just downright really, really dude. 
it just makes sense, people. It just makes yeah. sense. It's not a political statement at all. It makes sense to do it that yeah. way. Why cough up thousands and millions of tons of CO2 and other greenhouse gases into our atmosphere? Even if you think that the earth is absorbing them, there's no, there's no greenhouse effect going to happen, yada, yada. Even if you think that, there's still no reason not to stop it. So we can do it. Yeah. We should do it. That's one of my dreams. To me, it makes sense. That's Natural cool. energy and sustainable makes sense regardless of what you believe. I'm not one of those right. political people at right. all. You know that? I don't. I mean, those people go off on tangents. I don't care. But what I do care about is it makes sense. Like sustainable and natural. Totally. Why wouldn't we want to do that? That totally makes right. sense. So yeah, yeah, And I, and I know that. and I understand that the technologies are not perfected yet. That's a, that's sure. a given. They're We're just not quite it. there yet. All right, I've got two left. I'm going to do one here. These are these are kind of some fun ones. I came up with this idea long before Iron Man and Avengers made it cool. But I always wanted I like this was a long time ago, you know, when you have your giant computers and your computer screen and everything else and I'm like, dude, what we need is we need some kind of a super small device. Well, now we have our phones even though phones are a little larger, but you know, something small, right? You've got it. And they keep getting bigger. I know it's kind of funny, but like if you were to take (laughs) some of the smaller iPhones, for example, and you use that as like, that's your main little thing. It's, it's small. It fits in your pocket easily too. It's, you know, no big deal, but you know, you press a button or whatever and all of a sudden, you know, and it's like this screen essentially comes out. You've got a tri screen, three screens that are the size, you know, whatever you want, like 35 inch Mm -hmm. screens, three screens, you know, right in front of you. And of course, your keyboard and your your digital mouse, essentially, and by digital, I mean like it's not a real actual physical mouse comes out. You're able to do whatever you're doing, and it's all from this small device, powers it at the power of a desktop computer, by the way. Mm-hmm. And oh, wouldn't that be those most amazing things? So, you know, you're on a plane and you're like, I want a game for a while. You pull out your little device. You've got three screens that are like, you know, of course, in, in our day and age. <laughs> They're like, you know, totally right in the face of your neighbor, your next, yeah, they, they can't sleep, you know, and you're just like, woo, having a good time, dude, I think that'd be the coolest thing. And then of course, yeah. Iron Man and Avengers made that cool. You know, he would throw things up in the air and of course it turned into giant screens. And I'm like, I had that idea a long time ago. Well, I mean, Minority sure Report too, had that years yeah. and years ago. The, I just thought the that movie would be so Minority cool. Report. Yeah. Where they, you know, you just have a screen in the air and you're, and you can just wipe your hand across it and, and go to the next page, you know, change pages yeah. in the middle of into air and stuff like that. Yeah. Or what you were saying, uh, off the air or in one of your notes where you're typing something on your device and you throw it up onto the wall or yeah. you know, onto, onto another screen or taking what we have now technologically where you have your, your iPhone or your Android and you, you swipe something from your phone onto your monitor. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? I mean, I think that technology might be there. I think so too. But it's just not developed enough to be mainstream. So I agree. You know what would be amazing is I've got a wall here. So let's just say I don't know how big our wall. Well, yeah, eight eight feet tall, right? So let's say it's an eight by ten. Let's just call it that. Eight by ten wall right there. I've got my phone, but you know, people stream movies and stuff on their phone. You know, you've got your little device, you're doing that, you fling it up on the wall, you've got an eight by ten screen with surround sound from one small device. Dude, wouldn't that be amazing? You don't need your TVs. You don't need all that stuff. It's just one small device powers it all. And it's that powerful. I bet there are hipsters at Google right now walking on their desktop treadmills or whatever that can do that. Oh yeah. I know <laughs> the technology is there. It's just, it's either going to be too expensive. Or, you know, here's the thing though. It shut down the TV industry. It would shut down so many different industries. Once again, 
comes yeah. back down to the reality of money and everything else. And, you know, I want to buy you an iMac. It in. Yep. And I get it. You know, you're the power that we're getting from our devices. It just continues to blow me away. It's so amazing. Mm-hmm. They're still not to the power, you know, like my phone cannot do anything close to what my iMac can do as far as mm-hmm. power goes. They haven't gotten it yet. And I get that. But they're, I mean, just the fact that the advancement is happening so quickly as it is, it's amazing. So I have a lot of quantum, hope for that. Quantum computing's right around the corner. Seriously. Yeah. Oh, that'd be so cool. All right. We've got uh, one here from the green butterfly. Hi, this is your eye in the sky green butterfly. What future tech would I love to see? I would love to see a food fabricator that made truly nutritious food. Because I really love to cook and I love trying new flavors and new recipes. But sometimes there's just not enough hours in the day, which leaves us hitting the drive through line or filling up on unhealthy snacks. So I wish there was some sort of a food fabricator that you could program in a recipe or a type of food that you would like and it could prepare it for you while you were doing other things. Just think about it. You wouldn't have to have time to go to the grocery store. You wouldn't have to make time to chop everything up, preheat the oven, have more time to just hang out with the family while eating truly nutritious food that is good for your body instead of just having to settle for something because it's quick and easy. And of course, I would love to find a way to make this technology cost-effective because the other thing that I notice is if you're trying to make food that is more healthier for yourself, it costs more. Processed food and convenience meals cost less. So I wish there was a way to make more fresh food more financially feasible for more people. Have a super week. Green butterfly out. Amen, sister. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Earl Grey, hot. Yes. That's an extreme version of it. You know, the the, the replicator in... um, uh, is that what they call it in Star Trek? They had both. They had food synthesizers, which was the food, and then they had the replicators, which would replicate non-food items. So clothes okay. and other things like that. Yeah, dude, to have that so kind that, of stuff would be amazing. Yeah, and that's instant. But but to her point, you know, she's thinking more along, you know, more practical application mm-hmm. where you have some machine that that has a stock of materials. And I know I'm putting words in your mouth, green butterfly, but I mean, I'm, I'm elaborating. I'm elaborating for you here. But, you know, a machine that that has stock materials that more or less maybe prints your food while you wait for it. And it's, or something along those lines. And it has, you know, 100% good nutritious value rather than all of the, I mean, to her point, most of the stuff that's the cheapest you can get at the grocery store that's edible has an ingredients list a mile long. Yeah. And that's one of those litmus tests. If you're, if you're going to the store and you like have a bunch of uh, breads to choose from, the ones that have the least number of ingredients are probably the ones that are be- that are the best for you, and that goes for a- almost any type of food in the grocery store. The crap tastes better, but the I always go for the one with the least ingredients whenever I can reasonably do so. Yeah, I love it, man. I think it'd be incredible. You know, the whole food synthesizer or replicator idea just to me sounds so cool. Yeah. So yeah, I love that That's idea. That's a good one. It is. Thank you, Green Butterfly. Appreciate it. My last one is space elevators. Okay. That's a technology that's been highlighted in a lot of science fiction yeah. over the last 20 years. 
or so. And it's actually a feasible technology. It's just, it'd be one of those really, really expensive things to implement where instead of launching payloads to space or uh, instead of, you know, building a moon base or a, or a giant space station and building everything in space, you still have to get the raw materials up there, right? So unless you mine asteroids, but the, I'm, get, I'm going off on a tangent. A space elevator is basically a really long carbon nanofiber or nanofilament cable, a huge cable that goes from the ground to way out in orbit. Like it has to be really, really long and it has to have, at, at the far end of it, it has to have a counterweight. And it so it stays in one place at the Earth at all time. It's anchored on the Earth at some kind of hub. And once you get it in place, it's this taut line, basically, from the Earth to outer space, well in outer space. And it has an elevator system going up and down at all the time. And so you can you can just load materials onto this elevator and lift them up into the atmosphere rather than rather than using fuel of any yeah. kind. Oh, that's awesome. So. And then the whole thing can be on a counterweight system. So it, yeah, it's it's a really neat technology that somebody dreamt up decades ago. I don't oh, yeah. remember who. I think some science fiction author uh, dreamt it up. And they just it's just one of those. It's just like the maglev thing. It's just yeah. except maybe on an even larger scale. It's just too expensive to implement yet. Yeah. Oh, that'd be so much fun, dude. I'd be one of those guys just riding up and down all the time because it's just <laughs> that'd be so fun. No, that's a really cool idea for technology. That's cool. All right. Well, I have one more to share and this one is my favorite. This is actually something I had an idea for this as well, but I really have to credit Johnny pistol shot for this one because this is something he invented, you know, long time ago when he was a kid and it's the idea of, well, he calls it what it's like a palm store device is what he calls it. So it fits in the, in your palm. So it's like either a patch that, you know, attaches to your skin or maybe you wear it as kind of a, you know, a little circle or something. And then it has like a strap around your hand or something like that. One way or the other, you know, you don't, you don't have to like hold it. It's attached to you somehow. But basically what it is, is that it digitally stores physical objects. So for example, you know, you, you've got your cup of coffee or whatever, and you're like, you know what? I'm carrying too much. You go and it like stores in your palm store device as a digital device or, you know, you're storing your suitcase in there if you're traveling or whatever, right? Anything, anything you can, you can store in there and whenever you need it, you just pop it up. There it is. It's physical now and you can, you know, do whatever you want. But dude, I loved that concept. I don't even think yeah. that that's necessarily a possible technology. Maybe someday it Yet. is, but oh my gosh, how amazing would that be? Your car, you store your car in your Palm store device, depending on the size you know, like the, the capacity. So right. storage capacity, I think that'd just be so cool. But first you have to develop the whole transport technology, don't you? Where you, you can digitize or convert objects, physical objects to light or some, some other waveform or whatever yeah. that you can store digitally and then reconvert it back into solid matter. So yeah, totally. you'd have to develop that. But then the Palm store device is an immediate follow through from that technology. Exactly. So, oh, it'd be yeah. so neat though. Cause you know, you just, I don't know. I mean, the, the options are limitless on that, on what you could store mm-hmm. and just the kind of, you know, practical application that could be used for that. Just be so amazing. But anyway, I just wanted to, I had to share that one. That was my favorite one. That's one of the things I think I would nerd out the most about in so many different ways. Indeed. Yeah. All right. One last one here from the flash. 
Hey guys, Martin the Flash calling in here. Thought I'd send in a couple of my thoughts. You were asking about future tech we were hoping to have or things that have already come true. I'm really going to pull from Star Trek because Star Trek's already given us so many great ideas and there's still some things on these shows that I would love to see. Number one, the fun fantasy thing would be a holodeck. Who couldn't have fun with a holodeck? I mean, just being able to bring your fantasies to life, the wildest adventures, anything that you are unable to experience in real life, you could create on the holodeck. You know, even cool things like going back in time, like visiting the pyramids or, you know, seeing what dinosaurs look like, anything like that. It could almost be like a a make-believe time machine in a sense. So I just think that would be really cool. Another fun thing, I guess you could look at Star Wars, Star Trek, any space traveling show. I just wish we could develop high-speed travel, whether it's light speed or warp speed, whatever you want to call it, whatever the technology is that allows us to travel the stars. I think that's probably my biggest dream that I would love to see in my lifetime before I'm gone is to see us be able to travel amongst the stars. I don't think it'd be possible, but to be able to get out there, get out of our solar system, see what's out there, get to other parts of the galaxy, other planetary systems, you know, and and just the idea of finding another habitable planet out there because we're able to travel at fast enough speeds, which is not, it's not possible right now. So I just, I think that would be absolutely fantastic. That's my biggest dream. Another idea that I, I, definitely from Star Trek, but what I think would be great is their medical science if, if you watch the TV show, nobody is ever sick. If anybody ever has any type of medical issue, whether yeah. it's coming down with an illness or breaking a bone or whatever, they can instantly fix it with their, the type of technology that they have. And, and it starts, it looks even better and better with every iteration of the, of the newer shows. I mean, you look at what Discovery can accomplish right now. It's just, can you imagine? having things so readily and easily fixed when you have a problem and nobody being sick anymore. We don't have to worry about it. I mean, it, it also falls into Gene Roddenberry's future, like this this dystopian future where nobody cares about money and nobody cares about rank or, you know, positions of power or anything like that. It's it's you work because you want to work. You go into the, the field of choice because that's what you want to do. The medical industry doesn't care about money. It doesn't care about pumping you full of drugs they just want you to be healthy and live a long life that is so far opposite of what our world is like today where drug companies and doctors go hand in hand and they just want to pop you full of pills and that's a whole other argument for another day i would just love to be able to see medicine come to that level where it's just about taking care of people and creatures and making sure everyone lives the best healthiest life they can now, for things that come true or have come true, I, I think really, I, I again, I'm going to pull from Star Trek, is touchscreens. That's the only thing I can I really can remember from way back when seeing technology like that before we got it. I always thought that was absolutely fabulous looking, cool ideas when you saw their flat displays that they were always punching things in on and stuff. I wanted that to happen and that came true. Also, uh droids, robots, you know, you think of Star Wars, you think of those kind of things. We don't quite have that yet, but our robotics right now are really starting to take off. And I think someday soon we will have robots walking amongst us and performing tasks, you know, being butlers, being servants or or doing a lot of the medial jobs that we don't want to do anymore. I think that is within our lifetime for sure. 
it's already begun. So robots and droids and that kind of thing. Yeah. Anyway, there you go, guys. Can't wait to hear how the rest of the show goes and what other people's ideas are. This is Martin the Flash signing out. And the robots get pissed off because they're doing meaningful, meaningful <laughs> tasks, and then they fembots. <laughs> and oh man! Oh yeah, it'll just go downhill, and then they'll take over the world, and then we'll have uh, an Orville episode on our hands. By the way, which was still one of the most <laughs> amazing Orville episodes ever. But no, those are really, really cool ideas. One where yeah. the other droids would be cool, and the touchscreen. Yeah, that's such an aha! Uh-huh. How cool is that that we have that now? Really? You know, and and how many of us? Well, okay. All of us use it with our smartphones, but it yeah. hasn't taken off as much as I think they wanted it to or hoped it would with personal computing. Because remember when Windows 10 first came out and it was yeah. it was all touchscreen, yada yada. It's that 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 whole te- that whole technology is kind of it reminds me of the whole 3D movie thing, where it, mm-hmm. it it exploded a few years ago and it was like it's the wave of the future, and then everybody kind of got sick of it. And so touchscreens have their place with with personal devices like pads and phones. For sure, we're never going back from that, and except maybe forward. But for personal computing, if I'm sitting like right now at my at my computer at home, I would much rather have a keyboard and mouse by far than sure. to touch my screen and do stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I but, think what but, they found though was that because that makes sense is that I, I think the touchscreen stuff has become basically it is the wave of the future for certain things like you right. said the phones and the pads and the iPads and everything like that, but. For, I mean, for let's call it uh, work heavy tasks. You know, if I'm editing a show, for example, there's no way I'm doing that on a touchscreen. I mean, how annoying that would be and how almost like All crippling right. that would be. And, <laughs> you know, even certain gaming would be impossible on a touchscreen, no matter what. It really comes down to that touchscreens have become a way of the future, a wave and way of the future. We'll call it that. But at the same time, there's just certain things that are just way too limiting for a touchscreen. At yeah. least for now. But, I mean, if they start doing the digital keyboard, but even then, like the touchscreen keyboard drives me crazy because, you know, at this point you're just using your thumbs and you, st- I mean, you can type <laughs> fast on your thumbs. At least I can, but you know, there comes a point where it's like, I need a physical th- keyboard to be able to type really fast. Right. You know? Well, my favorite one of his was the medical technology. That's a great one because yeah. h- how many times have any of us wished that you could go to the doctor, they could run a medical tricorder over you and say, oh, okay, well, you know, you have the start of a liver cancer. Looks like you are, you know, your brain's showing some signs that you might get Alzheimer's in 30 years. Uh, They could list this whole list of stuff that's wrong with you, an instant and and universal diagnostic machine, basically. And even if you have to lay down in a machine like an MRI and have a big machine tell you what's wrong with you, that sort of instant diagnostic capability is just, I drool over that sort of thing. Yeah. Even if you can't fix everything, at least you know what's wrong and you can take steps. Yeah. Yep. So uh, it's, that's a good one. Yeah. And, and one of my favorite ones was in star Trek four when they were talking about, you know, kidney dialysis and you know, she's pretty much going to die. And, then McCoy gives her a pill. She swallows it. And she's like, doctor gave me a new pill and I grew a new kidney. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that was it. Like fully functional. It was really, really right. fun. I'm I, with you. I, I love that. I agree with that. I think my addendum to all that, which was what we've talked about already, is that, and even The Flash said this, is that to become less concerned about money and more concerned about doing the stuff we love and helping those we want to help, you know, and truly being as altruistic as possible. And honestly, though, I know greed is a factor, but even taking it to the basic side of things, 
if we're strapped for cash and we have a really hard time paying our bills or putting food on the table, you don't have the ability to be as altruistic as you may want to. Right. And, and I'm sad for that. I'm sad for people who are in positions like that. You know, I've been in positions like that. I can't tell you how many people that I know and have come across over the years. They each have this little special thing, you know, that, that makes them unique and makes them like, you can do that. You know, like, wow, you're writing this. You're an incredible author. You wrote this amazing book or something else. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I'd have to come up with examples, but each person typically has something about them, whether it's a one type of thing or it's a personality trait or something like that, that when they capitalize on it, they're shining their light on the world. Right. And yet 90 plus percent of these people are comfortable with being comfortably average. Right. Because either they're scared to do that or they don't have the means to do it because like I said, they, they lack the resources. They're struggling to put food on their table, whatever the case may be. Or they've never been encouraged in it. Or motivation. Yeah. Yeah, not motivation, exactly. Yeah. And I just go, that's what's hurting the world is the comfortably average aspect. And so for us to strive for that betterment, for us to strive to be more altruistic and to, you know, unleash that which makes us the superhero in this world. Wow. I mean, it'd be incredible. So I mean, that's all we Wouldn't can it? do, right? It would be amazing. Yeah. But, you know, we're yeah. not gonna necessarily change greed or you know, influence our oil and gas industry to change to all electric. We may not be able to do that, but just think of what we could do. So, you know, we can sit here and dream about future tech and have an amazing time with all this. And it is fun. It's so exciting. But I think the biggest takeaway from this is what can we do with these little dreams and, you know, these fun ideas of utopia? What can we do to at least strive towards that? I think the the best thing that we can do realistically is to, is to uh, propagate those dreams. And the more people that have those same dreams that are more altruistic-based, empathy-based, the more people that have them, the more chances you have of people implementing them. So it's just a matter of propagation. Sure. All right. We are officially at one of the longest episodes yet of The Real Brian Show already. (laughs) And we haven't even talked to Avengers yet, so we got to make this fast. Yeah, and so the good news is the good news is about Avengers Endgame is that it's not the kind of movie that you can talk a bunch about without spoiling it. So I don't think we'll have a problem no. making this fairly short. We exactly. There's not much to talk about. <laughs> but here we go. Here's our thoughts on Avengers. Are you ready, Captain Influence? We got to do it. Got to right. do it. Yeah, yeah. This is Johnny Pistol Shot, and I'm uh, here with Johnny's profane movie review. We haven't exactly approved that yet. Yeah, just move your fat over for a little bit and let me say my thing here so marvel doesn't really give a you know it doesn't vomit all over your eyes while watching their movie however they do make some choices in this movie and game like uh, you know trying to decide which while you're driving through a crack alley speaking of crack fat thor what the man look like tim allen's fake in the santa movies pretty Story-wise, Endgame is Gatorade after the Infinity Wars was still the climax. I mean, after all that time story building and Infinity Wars, they finally stopped building your So, well, the story needed some closure to be able to move forward so they can continue to with your wallets four times a year. But, you know, the That's all. <laughs> I had to mute myself while he was oh going on Oh my gosh. There. Me too, dude. That was... 
highly inappropriate Johnny Pistol shot. How dare you? And totally rad. Thank you for contributing. <laughs> You're welcome. Here's a cigar. <laughs> did you actually like the movie for reals, though? I did. I good. liked it. Good. It was it was a good end. All right. Well, I appreciate your, you know, breaking into our frequency and tainting our ears. Thank you. uh, I'm going to go home now. (sighs) Okay. Bye, Johnny. Okay. Well, we'll give you our real thoughts on (laughs) adventures. Wow. That was awesome. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Give us more, Johnny. Give us more. We want it. Even though, even though we didn't under, we didn't hear most of what you said. That was fantastic. It's pretty much R2D2 at his finest. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks a lot, man. All right, so I'm. You're right about that. There is very little that we can say without spoiling the movie. So I mean, <laughs> so I don't we'll, know. We'll keep it succinct. We will. Should we do a separate spoilery episode? Because so many people have seen it, and I know a lot of a lot of people want to talk about it. So maybe. Yeah, maybe. But we'll we'll keep this as uh, like you said, pretty brief. But here are my thoughts. Very good. I really enjoyed it. Had a lot of fun. You know, it was a very nice ending to the Avengers storyline. It wrapped it up well. I'm very satisfied. There were some decisions that they did, you know, at the end of the movie and stuff like that to wrap up the storyline that I was very pleasantly surprised by, like made me really happy, really, really happy. There was at one point I thought they were going to make a decision that something was going to happen in the movie to kind of end it. And I almost cringed and they didn't go that direction. And I was like, yes. Yes. And I was super giddy and I was so excited the way they did it. But at the same time, there's tears, there's sadness, there's a lot of emotion, there's laughter, there's very joy. emotional. Ending. Yeah, it was it was powerful in so mm-hmm. many different ways. So absolutely, in my opinion, is it worth seeing in the theater? Yes, very 100%. much. 100% so. get your butts in the theater. Go see it. Don't wait till it comes out. I mean, that's that's yeah. absolutely and do yourself a favor and see it in a nice theater. In my my opinion, I would get yeah. this is one of those movies that I would go spend the money on. Yeah, it's three hours. So don't drink much before it doesn't feel like it. And yes, no. do not drink before the movie. Yeah, because you don't want to miss anything. This is one of those things yeah. where you go to the bathroom. You're going to come back. You're going to miss. So Try right. not to drink much before the movie. Yes, I agree. Find a nice theater. If they've got recliners, that's a better way because, you know, you're going to sit there for three hours. That's that's a long time. But you're right. It does not feel like it at all. Not, not at, all. at all. In fact, I was like, is it really 2.30 yeah. in the morning? We went. It to the feels like a two-hour movie, but it's three hours long. Yeah, <laughs> so. it was great. Now, I'll say this, though. It was not as good as Infinity War. In my opinion, Infinity War was one of Marvel's masterpieces. And... Endgame was not. It was great. I mean, it was a really good movie, but not a masterpiece because it did have some, I'm going to call them bizarre flaws. Hmm. Uh, and again, don't want to give anything away spoilery. So I'm yeah. going to just say Thor. <laughs> if you've seen the movie, <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm talking about. I was like, what? Like, that's just a WTF moment. It one was, of the best parts and one of the weirdest parts of the movie was Thor. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. It was like, you know, there was, there was laugh moments and then it was like, okay, let's, let's move on here. <laughs> um, the, the thing that frustrated me about, and I'm not going to get into too much, but to me, there was a level of, you know, you're wrapping up the Avengers storyline. You in that sense are putting closure on many of the, well, all of the characters for that matter, for the most part. I mean, there's still going to be more movies, but they're putting closure on characters. They did not, in my opinion, do that well with Thor. I'm just going to say that much. So Mm -hmm. that's not a spoiler. 
but I just feel like that they did not do him justice. Yeah. It frustrated me a lot. So yeah, but it was funny. There, there were funny parts. (laughs) Yes. So anyway, that's not much of a spoiler. uh, I don't think, I hope not. Now, again, uh, this is, this has got to be succinct. So here's what I'm going to say. If you've seen it, you get it. If you've not, you, you'll get what I mean. Tony. Wow. Amazing. And I'm not referring to you, Captain Influence. I'm referring to another Tony. (laughs) Cap. Wow. Yes, exactly. That was so awesome. That's all I got to say. Fantastic. There was a moment where I'm like, oh, I knew it. (laughs) And I echoed the words of another character. Yes. So it was right up there with one of the best Marvel movies and definitely superhero movies for sure. Well done. But a few things and there were more flaws. I'm not going to go into them because, again, it's just going to be too spoilery. A few more things that just make it not the best, in my opinion. Okay, I I guess one thing I will say, because it's. (sighs) This probably doesn't really spoil much if I say it this way. We talked about Captain Marvel. You know my opinion on Captain Marvel, so maybe this tainted me a little bit, but I really felt like. You know, let's rush in, let's rush Captain Marvel's movie in so that we can get her in Avengers. And I just kind of felt like, what was the point? Let's just be honest. But there, there were co- there were cool moments with her, but I was like, if there was no Captain Marvel, I would not have missed it. If you know what I mean, that's true. I agree with that statement, but I thought that they they didn't overdo her at all in this movie. No, and, and that's the thing. Like there wasn't when she, much of anything, right? But and when she was there, she did some pretty epic stuff. So I thought yeah. she was. I I thought that she was a good addition to the film. But I it do understand what you're saying either, with, with them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not a hundred percent. No. Yeah. yeah. And again, it wasn't bad by any, I'm not saying it was bad. Like what was there was, was fine. Actually, it made me a lot happier with what they did with Captain Marvel in Avengers Endgame than what they did with her in the movie of Captain Marvel. Okay. But, you know, again, and, and actually I loved this. So Johnny pistol shot because he's the one that went with me. He brought up a really, really good point that just solidified what I was trying to say in my Captain Marvel review. And I could not. I couldn't figure out what to say. And here's what it was. He goes to superhero movies because he loves the humanity that is developed in superhero movies. And that's what has driven me crazy with some of the DC movies. And that's what drove me crazy with captain Marvel is that I did not feel her humanity and I didn't feel it all in Avengers Endgame. Whereas you do feel it with the other Marvel characters. I mean, Marvel has done an incredible job with making each and every one of those superheroes, again, with the exception of Captain Marvel, in my opinion, each and every one of the rest of them, though, being incredibly realistic, you feel their humanity. I mean, you know, I said Black Panther wasn't my favorite movie, you know, but the humanity in that movie was fantastic. So it's like mm-hmm. they've done a great job with the Marvel, and that's the one thing where any and Johnny Pistol Shot had not seen Captain Marvel. And I said, did you feel right. her humanity? And he said, not at all. So right. I, and I think that's what it was. So maybe but, that's what bothered me about her. But again, she had some cool scenes and you know, that was nice. Yeah. Well, and I think you almost had to, you didn't have to, but, but it, it helped to see Captain Marvel before you saw her in Endgame because yeah, Captain Marvel does do something with regards to developing her person personality and whatnot, even though expressively she's kind of laconic. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, and not very, yeah. So whereas Tony Stark is the exact opposite of her expression-wise, yeah. yeah. But I understand what you're saying, yeah. Yeah, and again, I I know I'm a little critical on that, but I just 
I'm just kind of seeing it how I see it. And, but no, I, I was not upset with her being in end game at all. I just kind of thought, well, we could have not had that. And it would have been just as good in my opinion. Understood. But there yeah. were some cool scenes with her to be fair. So Very actually cool. you brought up a really good point, And I, I mentioned in our Marvel movie rewatch that you should watch black Panther. And I said, Thor Ragnarok was optional. Totally reverse those. Um, yeah, I'd say black Panther was optional and Thor Ragnarok was essential because yes. there was so much of Thor Ragnarok that tied into infinity war, which also then now tied into this movie, which I think was really good. And actually they even tied in Thor, the dark world, which I was very surprised by yeah, and some totally. of that I'd forgotten. And I was like, well, crap, that would have been a good one to put on the rewatch list as well. So I was surprised. I was surprised they did some stuff like that, which, yeah. but it was really good. I mean, I was so, so thankful and happy for what they did. So in my opinion, great emotion, good drama, good humor, great wrap up to an amazing storyline to 20. Was it 22 movies? You said 22 that right? movies. Yeah. yeah, I looked it up. It's a great way to <laughs> actually, do it. I actually did a little bit of research. 22. Hey, films. All right. <laughs> yeah. But there's um, one thing during the credits where all I'm going to say is there it involves signatures. Stay for that if you want. It's really cool. The music is amazing because, you know, it's Alan Silvestri, the Avengers theme. It's incredible. You do not need to stay after, stay after that. Nothing at all. There's yeah. uh, you'll hear something about where somebody said noise bells at the end honoring fallen heroes or something like that. Oh, okay. But it doesn't make any sense. And unless you care about hearing those bells, which is literally about three seconds long, there's nothing after the signatures are done. So you don't need to stay just letting you know. Okay. Well, what did you think? You've more or less said everything I wanted to say and I've, and I've, and I've, you know, interjected where I needed to, but all I need to say is that the end, the end of the movie was very epic in so many ways. I'm really sad the storyline's wrapped up. Yeah. Uh, I know they'll keep making movies, but I don't see how they start another story arc, i.e. Moneymaker, like this one that spanned 22 films. I just, yeah, it's, it's the end of an era, essentially. Yeah. Uh, maybe they'll surprise us. I don't know. But it's definitely an end to that 22-film long story arc Yeah, with the potential for movies that branch off from that you know, or whatever. Yeah. But I, don't, I just don't. Yeah, it's it's so it's done. But the great news is, is that we have 22 films that we can all go back and watch anytime we want, more or less. Totally. Uh, and they still and, hold up. Yeah, and and you and if you ever want to have a Marvel Avengers binge watch, you've got what? How many days worth of movies to watch? That's insane. And you're going to be loving every minute of it. So, yeah. yeah. Go see it. Well, I know you were going to talk about something really quickly too, which I know that was a good way of saying it, but the emotion and that, you know, like Trying oh, hard not well, to cry. What were, what were we going to say about that? Well, just that the end, the, the the end of the movie was very emotional, and I just and while I was watching it, I just knew that every bro. Well, I was in a packed theater mm-hmm. on a Monday night, and I just knew that every bro in the theater was trying really hard <laughs> not to cry because <laughs> the tension, the tension in the theater yeah, was palpable. Yeah. Everyone was so quiet; you could hear a pin drop. Yeah, well, and it was quiet. The ending. There was a quiet scene and, where it was like nothing. You know, I was, you know, I was personally, you know, a little bit choked up at the end, but yeah. you know, but I, I just, I, I was, a, I had that thought, that amusing thought That's during so that time was like, man, cause there were a bunch of bros in that theater, you oh, know, a yeah. bunch of yeah. just dudes with hats on, you know, like, yeah. and I just knew that there were, most of them were trying really hard not to show, show a tear to their buddies. Yeah. Oh man. Okay, so be prepared. America, there is man. the ending is exceptionally emotional and it's really well done. It so is, yeah. be prepared. I heard crying. Right. 
but I only heard it from the women and most of them were like sniffing, you know, like I, yeah. I heard a lot. Of, I heard a couple like, but then you could tell they were women though. Like just yeah. their, their sound, but I never, <laughs> I never heard any, any men, you know, they were probably like, you know, grabbing like, ah, so they weren't cry, you know, or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but it, there was the, I, I think I mentioned this. So when we saw Ant-Man and the Wasp, there was a big dude in the theater that was in the back just like, oh, my God. Oh, that's funny. He's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I wish he would have been there. That would have been, although it probably would have ruined and the moment because there is so nothing wrong with that too. I'm not. I'm oh, not no, not at all. No, but it was funny. I thought it was funny. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh man. Yeah. yeah. No, it's all okay right. to cry, guys. It's okay to cry. Yeah. Next time, just let it all out, man. No, I mean when somebody's crying like that, you start laughing, and I'm glad nobody was doing that because I wanted to just allow the emotion to yeah. surround us, yep. penetrate so. us. Bind us. Oh, the force something. Okay. Well, anyway, good movie. <laughs> Go see it. You know, and again, here's the thing. People are trying to rank it and saying, well, was it better than, you know, infinity war? What, what ranking? And I'm like, it got to thinking about this in the movie because the first almost half of the movie to me felt like some acid trip, like plus steroids being on steroids. It was crazy. I was like, what in the heck are they doing? This is so bizarre. And then it got really good after that. So for the first half, I'm like, okay, this is not even close to being as good as what everybody was saying. Like, what's going on? And then it just took off. But here's the thing. But it was still good. Why are we ranking anyway? It's a great continuation and story ending. It ends the story. Like, who cares if it's better than Infinity War or not? It's just let us continue and be done. And oh, so cool. And you know what? I actually liked it. Johnny Pistol Shot said that it's it's like the coda or as I put it, the encore. You know, Infinity War was the finale and this is like the encore or the coda. And I like that. I thought Infinity that was really War cool. was the climax. And then the, then this was like the, what, what's the part of the book after the climax? Uh, uh, the Miss Dena- Ice. <laughs> is that what it is? The Dena- <laughs> I think. But at the same time, this movie had an incredibly good climax. So, yeah. uh, you know, but I, but I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Because people like to rank things. People, I you know. know. We like to rank people. We, we rank our friends. You know, we rank the cool people and the nerds. We're a bunch of we rank our movies. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, um, I rank all of our listeners based on who's coolest and who's not. So that's got to be hard. Yeah, because everybody kind of is like at tied for number one is coolest. That's really I'm feeling. Hard, man. I'm feeling a thought coming on right now. Uh oh. Deep thoughts with Captain Influence. I'll bet that someday if we ever have space elevators. There'll be one or two dingbats who just ride the things up and down all the time for no reason whatsoever. I feel bad now, but thank you. <laughs> this was a lot of fun. This journey to the future and our Avengers. What what a fun time. I hope you enjoyed this topic. We, we really nerded out, but uh, yeah, it was a good time. So join us next week as always. Captain Influence, thank you. And thank you. RealBrianShow.com slash 160. That's the show notes. We'll have the links in there. We'll have those links to some of those articles you mentioned as well. And go see Avengers. And for those of you who have seen it, contact us. Let us know what you thought of it. Let's get into some dialogue. You can, you know, probably message us privately. Or maybe we could start a thread either on Slack and or the Facebook group that, you know, like, hey, warning spoilers. Don't look at the thread if you don't want to be spoiled. But, you know, the rest of us can discuss it and have a good time. And, you know, if you want us to do an episode a spoilery episode on Avengers Endgame. Let us know and let us know quickly because then what would be kind of fun is maybe we could invite on two other people. We could have like a four person discussion about it and just kind of go into some details since there was so much we just couldn't say. 
it'll be fun. And you know what the yes. music means. Always is. Yeah. Well, hey. Hey. Have a glorious weekend and a great week. You too. We'll see you next week. Do join us. And again, please consider Patreon and consider sharing this show with your friends, family members, and enemies. I said that last week. Give them the gift of the Real Brian Show. Have a great week. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, Real Brian Show signing off. The Real Brian Show is a production of 514 Media at 514mediaempire.com.